This episode of Earl Grey is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 150,000 titles for iPhone, iPad, and iPod, Android, Kindle, Windows Phone, plus Mac or PC. To get a free audiobook of your choice, visit audibletrial.com slash trekfm. This is Houston Huddleston from New Starship, and I'm restoring the Enterprise D Bridge, and you're listening to Trek FM. T. Earl Grey, hot. It's time for another serving of Earl Grey, our dedicated TNG show. I'm Philip Gilfus, sitting in the center chair this week. I'm joined by my co-host, on my right, First Officer Daniel Prue. Daniel, weren't you riding your horse in the holodeck? today how did that go well i was trying to uh philip but i i hear that a captain or i would assume that a captain would actually make a fantastic animal handler is that true well it is and and, you know i think if you if you remain under my tutelage soon you'll be able to have your own saddle (laughs) it's all about the saddle Though I have heard about your handling techniques as first officer, but but that's neither here nor there. Um, I'm also joined by my other co-host, operations officer, Lieutenant Commander Darren Moser. Darren, the the rumor around the bridge is that you're doing a lot of research, like a really a lot of research about the Prime Directive. Anything I should know about? No, no, uh, absolutely nothing at all. Uh, I just feel that. Uh, I was reading the Starfleet manual and I got down to the letter P and obviously it talks about, you know, the prime directives and the, you know, other, other things that, no, 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 nothing at all. Why, why, why do you, why do you ask? We'll talk about it. Okay. Okay. I contacted Luke Skywalker (laughs) from Star Wars. I know I'm not supposed to cross universes, but I can't help it. (laughs) Oh, goodness. Well, with all that, hopefully uh, folks and fans may be able to tell we're doing one of our Earl Grey patent. I guess actually it's a Trek FM patent. Whatever. Um, Commentary episodes. And the episode we have chosen is from episode two. And it is Pen Pals. Season two. So, yes, yes, season two. Um, and so we get your, if, if you want to watch, you don't have to watch. You can just listen to our dulcet tones, talk about things that may or may not include the episode. But if, if you wish to view as we talk, you know, cue up your Netflix or Netflix, uh, you know, generic uh, device. Um, to pen pals, and we'll start here. Give you a countdown. So now, now Daniel and and to a lesser extent, Darren have given me some grief about choosing this episode. So we're not, there's no got no, no more intro. So we're gonna, we're gonna watch it, and then at the end of this, they'll we'll see if they think I'm just crazy for choosing this entirely, or whether it was a worthwhile endeavor. So if we we're all queued up here, stand by for launching pen pals. Pick up your pad and quill in three, two, one. Engage. And there she is. Enterprise. Enterprise D. That's right. It's not getting any bigger. It's kind of <laughs> taking forever to get into the frame. How many, it's coming right for me. How many episodes do we have that very intro, though? I feel like it's at least all of them. 
I think. They well they knew in the future Memory Alpha would be happy that they introduced with the start date so it could get cataloged and filed in appropriate manner. So so you know this is the course season 2 we have the old uniforms we have yeah. the 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 first season Riker beard I mean you know it's the first season the beard's been there and so you know we'll, no collars we ever, Exactly so <laughs> Riker's planets live hard and die fast, just like me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to sit with ultimate swagger in this captain's chair. Okay, I have Speaking to. Speaking s- of swagger. That's right. I, I do. I have to say this, guys. <clears throat> this was the first episode I've ever noticed, ever, these railings in the, in the uh, hallways. I've never noticed them before. I don't know if they're in oh, all the episodes right. or not, but I've never noticed those wooden, wooden you know, railings. I don't think they are in the first season. Who knows? I think maybe they had like a American with Disabilities Act issue. Never mind, never mind. <laughs> well, but, uh, I like how on the holodeck sometimes they're like super specific about what they want, and other times they're like, uh, "Give me, uh, you know, Riker Program Four, whatever that is." Show just, me the bridge of my ship, you nattering. Yeah, I know. It's like <laughs> we're gonna need a little more to go off of. Now, but, you know, this is interesting that you know Picard's going to the holodeck. He's in his I don't know saddleman wear. I'm sure there's official mid 20th <laughs> century saddleman wear because I mean seriously, that's not a future hat. It, it, yeah, it may even be older than that. Really, I think it's possible. But, but, but yeah, it's in- interesting. You know, if that was one of Picard's hobbies, we only got talked about a few times. You know, Starship Mine, but the Picard as horsemen and generations, I suppose. And generations, yeah. I was actually going to say I was impressed that it it it's not mentioned often, but it is actually throughout peppered throughout the series and even into the movies so it's it, it does at least have a, a kind of a, a line through the series but this scene was always kind of strange not because of like all the talk about you know the horses but because it's like the she's standing in her starfleet uniform in the middle of this field and, and it's like you know this is an actual location obviously and it just feels so strange that it's like can you imagine just showing up for the the shoot or someone like on a jogging path nearby like looks over and is like what the heck is going on over there? It, it's even weirder when Data shows up a, a later on, and I do believe Memory Alpha said this is the first on location shoot uh, that oh, that yeah. we get, yeah, well, except for our encounter at Farpoint where they went to the planet, right? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> except for the last outpost um, when they went when they met the Ferengi on the planet. That was a, definitely a real planet, yeah. Oh, it's totally real. <laughs> totally not the planet Elsa. <laughs> but, you know, the thing about the location is that, I mean, to me, this season two episode, one of the things I think we'll notice is the harsh, like, going back and forth between kind of the that season two look and then these location shots kind of like, pulls you in and out of things it's like wow yeah looks really cool i'm like oh wait we're back to season two (laughs) right like here we are back to season two (laughs) because i mean like looking at like picard here in the holodeck like if if you didn't tell you this was pin pals you could you name what season this is yeah because of the collars lack of collars no no i mean picard in the holodeck oh that's true like if you came into this moment you're like what am i watching and again missing 24th century technology uh, I don't know, like a screen or something, it, but we're still limited to, you just really got to see it. I mean, I can't really tell you what it is. It's really the Borg attacking us, but I'm not going to tell you that. You just have to see it. Captain, you better get up here. And change into your uniform. It was it a pull-away uniform. Like he had it on underneath and he just ripped his, you know, rider uniform off and was just like, boom, I'm ready. 
Well, it is tight enough, so you just have to <laughs> add the combat. All right, and we go into our credits. No, what it is is it's it's the oh, first oh. contact method of the magic uh, turbo lifts that give you clothes when you as soon as they shut the door. So like, oh, you would in see, first contact. Yeah. <laughs> goodness yeah so so i mean you know one of the things i, I think people are, learn about me here in earl gray is that i'm a defender or apologist for the early season shows so I mean, i'm not saying here that they're the best but i'm saying that they definitely have val- value so that's why i'm certainly happy to to bring this uh, season two episode here to a commentary and uh, uh, as uh, remember though they, they keep mentioning in these titles though that the pulaski is just the kind of the guest or special appearance because she never really was like a full full person featured player yeah i mean but she was a good recognition which is why they kind of that's kind of a special title to give and watching these opening credits too i just have to say for the bazillionth time that i'm sure everybody has said this that i watched this earlier just to get prepared and the the differences between the blu-ray quality and standard oh, yeah, quality the blu-ray quality looks so good it's <laughs> really absurd the, the lieutenant rank just comes right at you in the credits <laughs> <laughs> well and yeah the seeing little people walk around on the observation you know in the very back at the last shot You're right and remember this this is going to be a lieutenant laforge episode no lieutenant commander for another year so he's data still outranks him and we go into the scene here Pen pals. Now the Enterprise is going to hit us up. <laughs> there it is. Special appearance by Dr. Pulaski. But I'm still going to hit it. Sit at the head of the table. <laughs> I like that we're actually having a meeting in the conference room about Wesley's curriculum. Well, Riker, you know, called everyone, said, I can't tell you what this means about, but you just got you just got to see it. So let's all meet in the in the conference room. I want to be like, I had things to do. Are we really here about some, you know, what his third week of science class is going to be? Wait, wait. That just said Nikki Cox. Is that Sharjanka? Yes. yes Happy we... birthday as we record this. Um, this is Nikki Cox's birthday, who is Sharjanka in this episode. Oh, my gosh. So this is the first of two scenes in this episode that, that kind of the writing is like an like an after-school special, kind of cheesy, like, <laughs> this is what being a Starfleet officer and leadership is all about. These are the qualities that they have. And it's like, it feels so forced and awkward and fake. Like, this scene I was watching, and I was just rolling my eyes the whole time. Well, it, it's like, like this is like the, the, the big morality concern is like, how should we educate Wesley? I'm like, ah, you know, I'm all for an education policy uh, debate, but I don't know if Star Trek's the place for it. <laughs> you know, Plasti's like, dang it, we need to, you know, make him tough. And Troy's like, well, maybe we need to be careful. And then, like, you know who's missing? His mom. She definitely should have no say in his education. She's not. <laughs> that, that shuttle departed long ago. <laughs> <laughs> She's off being a good moral right now, apparently. So. <laughs> Oh, Wesley and his God, is that you? Oh, that was that was too many right there. I do I love the awkward data <laughs> smile. So awkward. <laughs> He's like, little do they know. And this is how awesome data is. Him and no name red shirt are the only ones on the bridge yeah. at this point, so Data's a boss. 
You're in so much trouble, Wesley. <laughs> He's like, why is everyone staring at me? This is how my nightmares usually be. <laughs> Am I wearing clothes? Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> well, technically, I suppose we can call them those. So I guess like Wesley gets his first command. That's how we're starting this episode. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Acting ensign. Now it's time to see if that fake. Let's just tip repeat everything fits. that everyone else says. <laughs> <laughs> Look, guys, this episode was only thirty minutes long. We kind of stretched out. Here. <laughs> we had about twenty-five minutes of content. It's just you know. We can only show so many panning shots, and unfortunately, we didn't have a saucer separation to take up an eighth of the episode. So, <laughs> now I, I, I will I will try to give some credit here. I mean, this there is some good stuff here about how to how to be a leader, how to be a commander, and all that stuff. So, so you know, if you're taking notes, it, there's some there's some stuff here. I think they could have given Wesley like a pad or something to hold on to because he just <laughs> looks so awkward just with his hand just hanging there at the side. They teach you what to do your hands and during the third year of the academy. <laughs> and then Data's looking for life forms. Yeah, I, I was going to say. <laughs> or what is he doing? Oh, he's modding his PC to run Quake Stadium. Uh, <laughs> Quake? We might be a little bit ahead of Quake at this point. <laughs> okay, sorry. Quake 35. <laughs> Data, are you drunk again? Why are all these nice linear chips on the floor? Are you swapping chips with the computer? I told you that's a bad idea. You know, Data at Night is pulling up his holograph of Yard, drinking green <laughs> things, and then just throwing ice linear chips on the floor. It's 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 not good for him. So this is when Worf uh, steps on the Lego here in a second. I know. <laughs> Which is a really interesting exchange because we know that stepping on Legos makes you infuriated. And here yeah. we go. Crunch. Oh, oh. So this gives you any other man, I kill you where you stand. <laughs> this gives him the Please courage to, to 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 give him give data man, his commanding officer some attitude. Because like if you're if you're a Benzite, he just hates you. If you leave your stuff out, he just hates you. It's just you know what it is. He's really jealous that the people behind him, the no name officers, get a pull away chair, yep. and he <laughs> doesn't even right. get one. I'm telling you, Worf has varicose veins by season six. I mean, there's just no way that standing up all the time is good for him. Now, in this corridor scene, though, you'll look for it at the very end because I think they totally missed their cues. Uh, she walks off to the right and then they kind of like do this dance around each other as Wesley goes the other direction. And you could tell it just feels like she was supposed to follow Riker and... Instead, Wesley and her kind of swapped, sw- uh, swapped places right here. Like, oh, 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 there we go. And everyone's on the right side. <laughs> I'm sure they said something important, but I wasn't really paying attention. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know. The whole, like, let's give Wesley command of people who actually went to the academy and graduated and have a commission and have a sign. You know, I don't, you know, let's give, this is, this is, this is, you know what, Wesley, Wesley is J.J. Kirk. That's what he is. It just doesn't make sense. Now, did they just say that they've been there for six weeks? Yeah, this episode's very long. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Is that... Does that like make this almost the longest episode? Because I don't remember any other episode really being like, I mean, like covering time uh, uh, within the episode. Question. I don't know, but I know that there's a there's a pretty big gap between Best of Both Worlds and Family, isn't there? There's a few months. 
Right, but I mean that's yeah. a separate episode. Right, right. Well, yeah. like in one episode where they say a certain amount of time has passed. A blue shirt. Oh my goodness, they <laughs> yeah, do that's exist. Right. Well, only in the first season, and we only make them Wesley in charge of them. That's how important they are. So is he wearing Nurse Ogawa's uniform because they have to share? <laughs> I don't think she's she started yet. Salar. <laughs> so it's Salar's. That's right. Maybe he's wearing Crusher's old uniform because Pulaski has her own special dress made. So this yeah, is this guy's kind of a douche. <laughs> <He's> just... <laughs> is that just based on the blue shirt alone? No, or... rude. rude. <laughs> now, is this is that the battle bridge? Because that totally looks like the battle bridge. Like the, only had four sets. So the probably... layout of it. Oh, Data doing his quote unquote personal project. RF raves. Does that mean this is uh, you know we're receiving? Benny Hinn transmitted into space from like 1940. See, this makes no sense. This is one of the huge failings of the episode is that data knows better. Data would not answer this. Like, I don't understand. Why would he say anything? He knows what's going on here. And Maybe he's, he's engaging his curiosity circuit. <laughs> <laughs> like nothing data does in this episode. <laughs> nothing data does in this episode makes any sense at all. I don't understand. Right there, right there. That one little yes, you were in a bucket of trouble, Data. (laughs) But he's not, because Picard goes along with it the whole time. Uh... Oh, goodness. Nervous Wesley. He's really, he's nervous to go into the transporter room, right? Because I'm pretty sure those are the doors to the transporter room. (laughs) He's got got moon boots on, Darren. Leave him alone. Okay, okay. Oh, and here's the voice of reason. Yeah, of the giant ship. She just happens to be... I mean, okay, I've seen the blueprints. This ship is ginormous. I highly doubt that she just happened to be walking in the sector he was in. But she's like the grandmotherly figure. She likes to be in other people's business. It kind of makes sense (laughs) that maybe she would find her way there. Well, I mean, you know, I think it's actually the responsibility of the chief medical officer to parent Wesley. It doesn't matter actually who it is. (laughs) Whether it's his mother or (laughs) someone else. To parent him poorly, yes, that is that must well, be. Well, it's their role to be his mother. So if a male gets assigned as the uh, the new CMO, it's just really awkward. You're not my mother, Doctor Pulaski. And he just runs away. <laughs> no, I'm not. And how did the door know to oh, not open? Because it did read he, the like, script. Sneak up on it, like really sh- <laughs> it quietly. The script. There's <laughs> six weeks again. It's other six weeks reference. Dear God, this episode's <laughs> taking a long time. Well, like, for instance, I think, like, the longest TOS episode, like, in, in world time, I think it's this side of Paradise, where Kirk is on the Native American planet, because, oh, like, the Enterprise yeah. loses warp, has to go on impulse for, like, a month and a half with that asteroid. So that is a good question. What is well, the longest in, uh, in world in, TNG episode? I think is it cause and effect. It's the one where he they loop several times. I forget yeah. what they say at the end where they're oh, like, how many true. times? I think it was, like, two months or something. It yeah, was a right, while. You're right on that one. Techno babble, 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 techno babble, well, You know, this does support Chris's theory of Wes's multicolor because he's in charge of a multi-uniform yeah. color team. There's a blue shirt. shirt. He's got a yeah. gold shirt. They, when yeah. he's going over, when he's explaining to Riker and Troy who he's picking for his, his officers, I would think they would all be blue shirts because they're like, this is the person <laughs> in charge of geology. And this is the person that's, you know, head of volcanology. And it's like all science-based uh, officers, but... 
And, and I do love the non-traditional, apparently, uh, entry into Starfleet and the rank promotion system because that lady ensign looks like she's like 41. Yeah. You know, I mean, like. <laughs> she's a degree completionist, okay? She just, she entered later. And, uh, yeah. Maybe, no, well, maybe she started off as an enlisted member, you know, became like a chief and then decided. This is actually her tapestry episode. So she's now <laughs> witnessing. She was a captain and now she's witnessing what it's like to be an ensign assigned to Wesley Crusher on the Enterprise. She, no, Q will wake her up in a couple of moments. She's part of a seniors activities program. So she just, <laughs> she joined Starfleet when she was like 65. And here's an android in the middle of a park. <laughs> I wonder where they filmed this, actually. I mean, there's not that much. Well, I assume the magicalest place on Earth, right, Darren? California somewhere, probably. Probably, well, yes, yeah. That, but yeah. I'm trying to think where there's horses in wooded areas. And the artificial chirping sounds. There's way too many <laughs> birds. <laughs> oh, here we go. Where Data's like, oh, by the way, is it cool that I uh, broke the Prime Directive, Captain? He's like, four words, what live the long f- and prosper. Picard's <laughs> uh, like, God, I can't deactivate him because that's illegal. But, He's just uh, picturing all the paperwork that that <laughs> statement just meant for him. He's like, Data, do you know how much paperwork's involved with breaking the Prime Directive? I mean, I've only broken it one time. I mean, it's not like it's going to be like 47 times by the time I'm done with this <laughs> command. I, don't, I just feel like he doesn't care at all, like no. at all in this episode that he br- he's His like response is terrible. He's like, well, I guess I could turn this into a teachable moment now, Data. And it's like, what do you? There's an innate curiosity in all beings. It's like, what the heck? What do you mean? <laughs> you know, kids, sometimes you'll want to break the prime directive, <laughs> but don't listen to your friends. Kids, when you're deciding whether or not you want to play with a gun, remember curiosity is innate human <laughs> aspect of humanity. And it's like, uh, a, like later on in the episode when it escalates, he just turns it into a running gag of how high his hand is on his body, oh gosh, and it's yes. like. <laughs> now we have joked about this um, in the uh, in Shuttle Bay too, um, and, and I don't think we'll hit it too much, but there is a certain factor about Data conversing with a six-year-old <laughs> for six weeks and nobody knows about it she tells me all about her friends and everything i keep my stuff somewhat vague yeah i bet you do i bet <laughs> you, you do you know what's no i'm an android <laughs> you know what happens is when he beams down to the planet to get her chris hansen's there sitting there and it's like oh hello data um i see you brought some mcdonald's with you what do you think you were going to be doing with that so I'm wait, here to save her planet from annihilation. Oh, really? <laughs> Why don't you have a seat there? Why don't you have a seat there, The internet hadn't really existed at this point, so is this like predetermining how yeah, to stop this... cyberbullying? Like, always tell people who you are on the internet. <laughs> yeah, this would be like 1988, 1989. I know, he didn't even ask age, sex, location. He didn't he call for the arch. He just walked a mile, and then he's like, oh, that's right. I got to call for the door. He hit the wall. Ooh, 3D chess. I know the 10 forward set still has that brand new set smell. There's Riker hitting on a girl. <laughs> You're so funny, yeah. Commander. Where are you going? Yeah, I didn't even finish that drink. Why did you? <laughs> well, he's going to swap out the synthahol for something a little stronger. The, the Riker maneuver is what he calls but it. But then he forward. reads the uh, Surgeon Admiral on it, and he's like, oh, that's right, Beverly. I can't. Space roofies. Oh, he's like, hey, baby, I got to go talk to my teenage boyfriend. (laughs) So what are these? uh, And 
Okay, so what are these objects on the table here? Do, do we know? Or? Okay, Guinan, Guinan got a little lax, or maybe she went to you know. Was it I think they're horda eggs. I think they're horda <laughs> eggs. One of them did kind of look oh like gosh. a horda egg. Yeah, that's so wrong. So many <laughs> last of the species mean? decorating Guinan's table. <laughs> What do you mean? They're, they're, they actually have horde of waiters. Don't you see them? They're actually like squirming between tables, serving drinks. They have yeah. Trays that's on a good idea. Keep the species that has like acid blood. Darren, you know, have you never had a have you never right had a horde egg shot? No, no, I have not. You're missing out. It, is, it does burn a little bit. It does burn a little bit. Yeah. Body shots. The little voice is called reality, Wesley. That little voice that says you're not ready for this. Listen to that voice. All those other acting ensigns are going right past you. <laughs> you're going to seem like you're standing still. <laughs> are what you this personal commander? <laughs> it's like after the speed striker's like, maybe I should put in for a command. <laughs> I make it sound so good. <laughs> I don't think anyone's going to die during this mineral mission, Wes. I think you're a little melodramatic. Yeah. Well, but that does tie in later with, you know, with when he goes to Starfleet uh, Academy and his entrance test, and like that is an issue for him because of how his dad died, and he's afraid that he can't make the same type of decision to kill someone else's true. father. That is his acting neuroses. What would Picard do? All right, let's all have those group tattoos done. <laughs> it's, a, it's not a tattoo; it's a bracelet. WWPD. WWPD. <laughs> <laughs> Riker's well, hang on, we have to wax information. Uh, I want to point this out because Riker very smoothly at the at the end of the scene makes sure that he goes and talks to his date from before and just hey baby. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see you later. She's like Section oh, 17, 1400 <laughs> hours. Yeah. Let's meet in 9 forward. 9 for- Wesley being a boss. See, this guy's not a douchebag. He's pretty cool about it. He's a lot yeah. cooler than I would be if some 13-year-old snot-nosed kid would be trying to tell me what to do. I know it's the 24th century. I, I kind of needed a little swearing in the scene. I'm just saying. like He's trying to really like lay it down, and I'm just like, what? Okay, guys, this is the scene right here. Yeah. We have the prime directive How discussion. How long not, is data? Not, not in the conference room, not anywhere yeah, else, so but weird. in Picard's quarters. This is so weird. And this Worf, is... of course, is the only one who doesn't get a chair. <laughs> Racism. Forever standing. Worf. That would be his. Just... That would be his hashtag if he was trying to to subject change upon the Federation. I also love the blatant screws on the panel behind Worf, like. I don't know. I'm I'm getting pulled out of the universe here, guys. I tried to figure out what food they were eating, and there's like sandwiches and like pineapple. I think I saw. Well, he only eats sandwiches. Remember on the shuttlecraft? <laughs> yeah. Would you like a sandwich, Daniel? <laughs> and then Jordy gets Jordy all upset for no reason. He Jeez. just starts getting real upset. Well, I think Jordy does get passionate. He needs to be pouring time. himself a drink instead of picking up some adorbs right here. <laughs> Jordy's like, I really should be in engineering, but I'm here for the free food. I, it's the only reason I came here. But this is this just stands out. Like I agree, this is like this is kind of the standout scene of the episode. But it also just stands out in contrast to the rest of the series because we literally never ever see an entire group of people come into Picard's quarters and have a group meeting and and like a little luncheon ever again. It's so strange. Well, 
Except for that one episode where they were all like possessed, and so they one by one come to visit Picard, and they're like, "I think, what does this mean?" He's like, "Well, that's a good question," and it's like, <laughs> "I also have this question. We should also discuss this." <laughs> that's why he doesn't have meetings in his crew quarters anymore. Well, you know, it's it's still kind of new to the command. He's like, oh, "You know what? People say I'm too uptight. I'm gonna, you know, have a little nosh." Bring him to the quarters, have a little talk, <laughs> Philip, and it doesn't go well. And he's like, "Never again." Philip, never, you like to again. you like to remind us that Picard was in charge of the Stargazer for I think 250 years before he was on the Enterprise. <laughs> yes, so. and and lunch debate Tuesday always went well. Stargazer. <laughs> well, they didn't have a ready room or a conference room. It was just his quarters. It was just quarters. That's what he's used to. <laughs> hey, look, he's got another fish. There's a little blue Wait. fish in the background. Wait. Wait, is he cheating on Livingston? No, that's that's there's a Livingston has a tunnel. He's always in the important meetings. It doesn't matter where they are on the ship, he's there. I mean, what is Livingston's opinion about the prime <laughs> He has no opinion. He has to remain opinion neutral if he wants to uh, enforce section 31. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think it's interesting sort of the roles that everyone is assigned. It's kind of a like law and order like everyone has to be part of the like okay. Worf is like black and white and Plasky's like no. I know we talked about Plasky before, but like Oh, she annoys me so many times yes, she does. because she's just like, I'm listening, I'm listening. Oh, I agree with this. Here's my opinion. <laughs> you're all going to ram it down your throats and you're going to like it. It's like, and That's not- right. We got to do what I say. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Don't you have some cultural samples to analyze? <laughs> not to bring it back to Star Wars, but uh, Worf plays the role of the uh, Sith in this uh, in this scene because he's definitely dealing in absolutes. He's, oh, yeah. She is a child. <laughs> <laughs> this is sex, but I have no place for it in my life now. This seems like in very music? intricate in order to, oh my to stop it. Gosh. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, Data, of course, Data, of course. She, said, <laughs> she know, says all of these things when they're all listening in. What if it was like a geeky tween boy? Data, Data, where are you? <laughs> they're just like, shut that off. <laughs> Mr. Data, I've got a problem. <laughs> i got a problem. Oh, Picard's pissed. But we are six weeks away from, you know, any sort of reprisal. So I guess we could just do pretty much whatever the heck we want. They're not six weeks away. They're literally just hanging out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Why? Why can't we turn our backs, Picard? Like, literally, you'd never explain this. (laughs) Much like the doctor, he can't say no to a crying child. The script demands it. Well, yeah, what if that's where the episode ended and Picard's like, nah, no. And then Data breaks orders. and See, that would have been an interesting episode, like if Data had like broken orders and saved her anyway. Oh, kiss up, like... kiss up. <laughs> these guys, these these like uh, geographers and stuff, they're like very... They're very relaxed for being in the in the presence of the captain for the only mission I'll ever be in the presence Look, of the captain. That guy is part. a clear grandfather, and he's an <laughs> ensign. Okay, <laughs> it's not everybody's well. career aspirations to be captain. Okay, maybe they were experts in like the private sector, and they just transferred into Starfleet. You know that probably happens a lot. <sighs> Or they're on, like, some sort of release from the retirement home. 
Okay. They're like, we were promised free food. Oh, I'm sorry, that's only for the senior staff. Uh-oh. But I'm over 65. <laughs> Where's my free coffee? No, here's another Star Wars moment. Do or do not, Wesley. There is no try. Can you reverse the dang procedure? And, of course, Wesley doesn't answer him. We'll get to work on it. That's a Scotty answer. Yeah. Give me four hours, but I'll give it to you. Would you believe? Oh. She has Poor a name, Data. Riker. She has a name. His friend. His friend. There's a lot of air quotes in this episode. I'm just saying. <laughs> oh, goodness. Uh, You'd think yeah. they'd be able yeah. to see the planet outside. I don't know. I'm just saying. <laughs> they, so, they did kind of just pull into orbit. This is where Picard makes his first um, I don't care about the Prime Directive at all joke. Like how deep in how deep in it are we, commander or captain? Oh. About yay high, but I'm going to keep going <laughs> further in because clearly at this point my character has not been established to care that I much. I think about Riker the should have been even more literal when he's asked about where we are. He's like, "Uh, we just entered orbit into Dream. Are you feeling okay, Captain? Because I'm pretty sure you knew where we were. No, I was making a literal point. Oh, I'm still learning your command style." <laughs> And again, he's making this transmission alone in his quarters with no ah, supervision. A little, little suspicious, yeah. What are you wearing? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> it doesn't get any better. And again, Worf is standing in this meeting. <laughs> to be fair, so is Riker. <laughs> Picard's leaning against the desk. Yeah, see, now at this point, they're just done with Wesley. He's been removed from team leader, and they, he's not. Because you'd think he'd be in this meeting. Uh, there's no gray shirts allowed. It's outside the ready room. There's a sign. A chilled child on my bridge, number one. <laughs> <laughs> like, see, seriously, just by the way, this That's is like the, the first HC episode of his episode. He's really, it's really a bad day for Picard. <laughs> According to Memory Alpha, this is the first episode uh, Picard drinks Earl Grey, which is oh, very appropriate. Namesake. Yeah. Oh. See, this is why I choose these things. I totally knew that. (laughs) (coughs) But seriously, just imagine how many secret conversations Livingston is privy to here in the ready room. Well, no, this is this. This show's called Earl Grey, Daniel. Livingston, you're the (laughs) only one who understands me and really, really listens to what I'm saying. (laughs) Bloop, 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 bloop. Exactly. Exactly. That's what I've been trying to say. He's got a, a waterproof comm badge like in, in the side of his tank, so when he needs to call him, he just like rams his nose into it and he goes like blub 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 uh, I kind of like I kinda of like the idea that he has just a mini comm badge on his body better than that. <laughs> That's just ridiculous, dude. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I like oh, this is my favorite scene with Chief yeah. O'Brien here. Root? Oh, oh no! Oh no! Like, we're what up you, to my hairline. String to Picard. You have no hair. I, I, what, what do you mean? <laughs> oh, oh! I get it. Riker, do you even know how to use a transporter? I'll just be against the wall. <laughs> I love this. I'll just be writing down notes for all of my superiors so I can send them a report about you know, this. You, you have to imagine like the conversations he has eventually with Keiko, like at the end of his shift, he's like, man, these officers, they are crazy as all get out. You won't believe what they had me do today. 
He so thought that me standing the... against the door against the doorway was going to be enough cover for him to do his illegal stuff. <laughs> no. Like yeah. Starfleet's doing the investigation. What were you doing? I was taking a nap. Weren't you on duty? Well, this um, was the third take. Yeah. In the first take, he actually went outside, and then they got halfway through the second part of the shot, and they're like, "Oh wait, this doesn't work. He has to be in the room." Now look at this very authentic, cleverly done alien set. That is in no way a <laughs> bunch of clothes thrown on fake stones. It's very TOS-y. It is. It is. Although this door is pretty awesome. Yeah, the door is oh, cool. That's and that's where Chris Hansen is hiding, right behind the door. Oh, hello, <laughs> Data. <laughs> Why don't you have a seat? There's actually no atmosphere on this planet. Data just doomed them all by opening the door. <laughs> Except himself. That's true. He's like got a little Fabio moment there. His hair is kind of really going. He started using a little more hair grease in the later part of the series. He Data just discovered he's a Q. <laughs> Try snapping your fingers. You know he has to sneeze. That's why he's never discovered it before. <laughs> All right, and here we get our star child. So was she hanging out at the volcano? I don't understand. Where was she just then? <laughs> With the other kids. She goes into her... Pro- stranger her danger! Stranger <laughs> danger! <laughs> Data! It's you! I have all your pictures on my hook chest here. Data, my fingernails are abstractly long. <laughs> Contact with my skin will kill you. <laughs> I have acid for blood, Data. <laughs> this is where Data feels really bad. He's like, basically, you left the safety of your family and colony to get your radio because of me. Yes, this is just a weird episode. I just can't You know what I just realized about her makeup? Isn't she kind of like a red Benzite? Like she's kind of got those hooded eyes, and like I mean, she doesn't have as much of the mouth, but like forehead yeah. and nose wise, she's kind of a red Benzite. Hey, um, Darren, maybe not so racist, bud. <laughs> Isn't her name uh, Mortar or Mador? Or... I mean, I don't. I look beyond the the, yeah. the the color of the skin. You know, I mean, Sargina, Sargina. Yeah, I don't know. They all sound really alike. starts to take the Prime Directive loosely. Two to beam up directly think, to my uh, quarters. We're going to God. And <laughs> yeah. By the way, I am God. <laughs> just, just the, might as well just totally f with your society. Oh, I love the inflatable globes they have. Yeah, I know. Let's just say. Uh, and oh. again, Miles wasn't like <laughs> you know. Maybe I better report this to someone. He does. He mumbles something. What does he say? There's going to be hell to pay or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Lute- I mean, lieutenant, like lieutenant, uh, transporter chief. See, so, so uh, this is just the next in a, in a long string of of actions that Data takes that make no sense. He immediately brings her to the bridge, and I'm like, "What are you doing? Why would you do that?" And wait, so he can bend, you know. Tense bar steel, but he can't let go of the girl's hand. <laughs> it's quite impossible. <laughs> oh, goodness. And this is actually a, a full bridge compliment for this scene. You don't usually yeah. know those aft stations manned or, and womaned. Well, they are about to do a really big scientific thing. Hey, did Picard just check out the ops officer? I don't know what that was about. He's a lonely man. <laughs> 
<laughs> Ask the, the computer where he is. It always knows where everyone is. <laughs> now, when the Sharjinko walks into the captain's chair, will we get her camera eye perspective too? <laughs> and Picard like gestures her like this, but it's towards the brig. <laughs> like he's holding hands with her. This is just so strange to me. This doesn't make any sense. Though, though I like how Picard is more upset that she's a child than that she's a yeah. prime alien. directive alien. <laughs> Look at my giant pinkies. Wait, she's channeling her inner Guinan. She's yeah, got she... her cat claws out. <laughs> Well, she is a child, though. You start to talk to her, and she just instantly caps you off with no, no, no. <laughs> I'm powerless against that. I only had my child for three days. <laughs> oh, too soon, Troy. Too wow, soon. that is that is too oh, soon. Wow. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> goodness. Inappropriate. Jeez. Hey, look, there oh, is Oh, now least... it's totally fine. Jeez, Picard. No, this is what I'm saying. This episode makes no sense. <laughs> oh my God. Maybe we should make her an acting ensign. She practically is. I mean... <laughs> you well, can sit on my lap. Gosh, you have to I remember. mean, I was practically expecting him to say it. Oh, God. You guys, you have to remember, this is season two. It doesn't matter. Dr. Pulaski's on board. I mean, if Dr. Crusher yeah. was on board, I'd be worried, but... So they were talking about when they were talking about how do we make this planet stable? They were like, "Oh, we have to shoot this harmonic, whatever, whatever, at the crystals, blah blah blah." And then in that scene, they shot like twelve torpedoes. I'm like, "Are you going to just blow up the planet? That's not going to help the situation very much." Wait, twelve torpedoes will blow up a planet? Well, I don't know. Take that, Star Trek versus Star Wars. <laughs> hey, you can shoot. You can shoot an entire uh, uh, stun beam from the ship and knock out a whole city block. So. And that was a and that was a hundred years before this, so who knows what they can do now? It's like torpedo on applied directly to the planet. Torpedo on derived directly. To <laughs> this the is planet. like this is like sixty episodes or sixty years after the Genesis device. There's no reason to think we can't blow up a planet at this point. Look, it's it's everything's perfect. Are you the data? It's <laughs> getting a god complex. Watch out. Well, I guess I mean again this is this is pretty much um this is the inspiration I think for the opening of uh Into Darkness. Okay, honestly, don't you feel like it's about to roll credits like right now? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I was really surprised when the episode continued for like another, you know, 6 minutes. Hey, that's a cool shot right there behind the stargazer. Cool I don't think we ever get that. You get a good sh- again. Sh- shot of the stargazer model. Oh. In in, in his head he's just thinking <laughs> flying stargazer around. So this is the first time we get the Pulaski patent memory wipe technique. It's a giant hammer. Just pounds her in the head. No, she pulls out the men in black little pen. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Puts on her shades. You didn't remember anything. Boop, boop. That's true. We've had men in black technology since like the 90s. So they have to have something by the 24th century. And doctor, can you erase my memory too? It's been a very trying week. No, Sergeant, Believe you can't let parts. go of my hands. 
Wow, that is a very strong-looking officer behind him. Yeah, I noticed that, too. I was like, is that guy a wrestler? She was just doing I mean, the red gonna... pill, blue pill moment right there. Red hypospray, blue hypospray. <laughs> One will erase her memory, the other will kill her. To be fair, in this oh, scene, uh, Dr. Pulaski lies about putting this girl to sleep. So it's possible that she's in with Data on whatever whatever kind of secret plan he has for Sojenka. Yeah, and they happen to forget, oh, yeah, maybe we, if we're erasing her memory, we shouldn't send her down with an artifact from our ship. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of policy is coming also, out of this episode, okay, guys? They're going to rewrite yeah. a lot of that book. And Data's walking around like, I, I don't know where I left my comm badge. Oh, no. Oh, no. no. <laughs> accidentally left my left arm down there. They're going to reverse engineer it into an entire society. That's where my head was. <laughs> it's like a time zero crossover. Oh, goodness. Sleep, Data. <laughs> Sleep. <laughs> This yeah, is what I'm sure you do to your daughter every time she has a bad experience, Darren, right? Just wipe her memory. She'll be fine <laughs> oh, the next gosh. day. Yeah, not quite. you don't You don't, like, give her a shot of anything at any point and just, just <laughs> beam her down to a planet randomly, do you? Uh, no. Okay, well, is that not beaming her down to some random planet? That'd be like saying, you know, this is the fourth planet. What would happen if we put her down on the third planet? <laughs> Well, I mean, I know... This with is the Alpha 5. <laughs> <laughs> I know there is technology now. You could beam her as far as Kronos, so who knows? <laughs> Data, she'll always be in your heart. Wait, that's actually kind of creepy. Why am I telling you this, Data? And then she just <laughs> reminded Data that he will never forget anything ever. Because apparently Data forgot that. And right here, end credits, right? Right. Yep. End no. shot of the end <laughs> and Oh, wait, another scene. What the heck? I'm pretty sure Look, we, we don't need to see this. You know how long it took us to decorate the set? All right, you're okay. going to watch it, Okay. I'm assuming this is I mean, her I made... bed because, I don't know, alien society. Well, it better be. If it's, if it's the parents' bed, I would wonder why there's a wooden doll in their bed. So, Oh. Here you go. Have this thing. You'll be like, wake up going, what the crap? I have not broken the Prime Directive enough times dream. in this episode. And you were there, and you were there, and you were there, and you were there. <laughs> You know, in for a penny, in for a pound. Just yeah, this just, door was really cool. Directive. I gotta try it one more time. Wow! <laughs> okay. Door go open. Door go close. Door go open. Door go close. <laughs> He's looking for the Great Valley. Six weeks later, Data finally comes back up, having finished with the door. <laughs> wait, I think I just saw the Enterprise go into the volcano. Oh wait, that was another Enterprise. Oh Never yeah. Mind. Also breaking the Prime Directive, <laughs> <laughs> but not nearly as bad as this one. Uh, At least they wipe the memories on this one. Again, I mean, O'Brien's really upset because he's like, shouldn't he have stopped him when he says, like, two to beam up? I mean, I'm pretty sure he's smart enough to realize that's probably and... not a good idea. No, O'Brien's another time we got. Man, that should have been the credits again. <laughs> this episode will not end. O'Brien's upset right now because... Lessons. O'Brien's upset right now because he's right in the middle of the Cardassian War. That's why he's upset. Oh, so that's, that's right. He's having flashbacks as we speak. Hello, Data. Or should I say <laughs> Lieutenant Data? <laughs> or, should I, or should I say you're under arrest? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Wait, Picard stole but one sir. of her little globe things and put it in his quarters. <laughs> oh my god, you're right. You're right. I always take something from one of my victims. Uh, That's I mean, how I remember them contacts. by. <laughs> Here's Picard oh just totally god. covering his butt, going, yeah, blah, blah, humanity, blah, blah. I'm going to put that in my report Don't... to justify the actions of the last day. Don't worry, Data. It's not like any of this will ever come back to haunt me by some investigation. <laughs> uh... It surprised the heck out of me. <laughs> Oh, goodness. Oh, God, this Dana, episode. <laughs> yes, Dana, tell us how much you love the six-year-old so, girl. Please. Should this episode have been called We'll Always Have Paris instead of Pen Pals? Because oh, it God. makes a little more sense with all the talk of memories. and We'll always have Volcano Land. Yeah. Planet 4. Very good. Oh, okay, I, I think it's the credits. I don't know. Okay, <laughs> good. Producer, there's think, Gene Roddenberry. I think there's an after-credits scene where... Um, Wait, now oh, it goes back to that. Data. <laughs> yep so that's the episode pen pals so um i'll i'll uh i'll give everyone a second so yeah so I, the first time when i was watching well, when i was watching this in my latest rewatch i was like you know what this i feel like there's a little more to this this episode so i kind of flagged it for 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 later watching here so i'll i'll, I'll go with darren first i feel like daniel's like sitting on like an hour worth of things so uh darren <laughs> what would what, what, what'd, what'd you think of pen pals <laughs> It's it's not a terrible episode. It's just it doesn't seem to have a center. Like it drifts. I, I feel like the A plot and the B plot are like so equal weight that that it's it, it usually the A plot's much bigger and then the B plot's like much smaller. But like you know the A plot of you know Data and, and this and this girl and the communication and then the B plot of Wesley and this like mineral survey. It's like I don't care about either. It's like I don't care about Wesley's <laughs> mineral survey, and I don't really care about Data's pen pal. So I, I don't know. It's just it if the C plot you know, and the C plot of Picard riding his horse was way more exciting than the <laughs> A or the B plot. So I felt like the, the horse had a lot of character development in this episode. He did. I, I mean, we saw it. him like what two, three times, uh, just about <laughs> as much as we saw that you know planet set. But so also, I, I, I feel don't like know. every time you. You or anyone else here says the word pen pals. We're saying it in hand quotes and as a metaphor. <laughs> because yeah. of the episode. <laughs> but oh, no, it's so that, that those are my thoughts. Okay. All right, Daniel. I like the C plot right, am with I... the horse. <laughs> oh, so Daniel, am I insane? Will you never trust me to pick another episode again here? I just want to point out that because we were I was watching it on Netflix just then, when it ended the the little box popped up and said, "Oh, your new your next episode is going to start in 15 seconds and your next episode is Q-Who." And I was so excited that we were that close to Q-Who, but we've watched Pen Pals instead. Um yeah, it's just it's just a weird episode. It's just it doesn't it doesn't even feel like a TNG episode. It's like really mishmashy and weird and it's got a lot of TOS elements in it, I think, and none of the characters act very much like themselves. It's Picard and Data specifically. Um Riker, I think Riker definitely yeah. is Riker. Um, <laughs> O'Brien, I guess you could say maybe is is O'Brien, and 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 uh, of course Livingston being oh, you know, all over the place that makes sense. But Picard just like not caring and making flippant jokes about breaking the Prime Directive and and Data like having a heart for this 
whatever that means for this little girl is strange. <laughs> I don't know. I, it's it's not the worst episode I've ever seen. I just don't understand it. It just doesn't make any sense to me as a Star Trek The Next Generation episode. And I also think it's it's interesting that, you know, season two, yes, Chief O'Brien is here and he does stuff. You know, it's it's not just the faceless guy we saw in Encounter. So I always think people forget, like, like for some reason, Chief O'Brien just, like, shows up in season five. Like, no, he was, he was there the yeah, He was time. there for yeah. a while. It's this thing called continuity, Philip, uh, when a character <laughs> appears in multiple times and grows, gets married, and goes off to another job after uh, after a while. That's right. He meets a, meets a girl, has a couple kids, you know, <sighs> has his... Has his 2.5 kids. Uh, Daniel's saying that because he really, really hates um, Chief O'Brien's oldest daughter. So that's really <laughs> <nice>. <laughs> although, although the fact that we didn't really talk about that she's basically like a ham radio enthusiast who just happens to discover aliens. That's really the plot of this episode. Yeah, and you would think that there were probably thousands, if not millions, of, of those transmissions coming from this planet. But it's just this one little girl, and she's like, Data! Data! And it's just it's so weird. It's just strange. I think the problem was in 1988 or 89, that's how it would have come across. But in any time after the internet was invented, you're saying... The little girl who was communicating with the adult on the technology. Yeah, yeah we who decided to hide before. their identity and location. And <laughs> he kept a lot of details vague. <laughs> oh lordy! Well, I you know it, it 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 is a very interesting episode. It is a prime directive episode, as we've talked about before here on Earl Grey, and so um, this certainly shows maybe a different side than we see throughout the series, but. Um, well, it's been interesting and, and fun and potentially illegal talking about pen pals today, but this is just one of the many Trek topics that we've been talking about on Trek.fm this week. Here's a quick look at what else you may have missed on the network. Previously on Trek.fm, Standard Orbit. And we go to the theater. I still remember this, even though I was only four. I still remember this. We go to the theater and we're watching it. And then that Klingon dog shows up on screen. And I'm like, <laughs> what the frack is that? Get me out of here right now. Earl Grey. He would have excellent bedside manner. Here is a joke I know. Uh, uh. <laughs> would you like a Sumerian sunset? It is pretty. It will lift you from your terminal case of Klingon uh, gout. Ah, ah, choo! The ready room. I think that she is picturing him in the on naturel division of <laughs> synchronized swimming. Captain Fine. Which is not an Olympic sport, but they are considering it, it as a demonstration be. sport for the Rio de Janeiro games coming up. The Orb. Is it this thing like where women like bad boys or something? Does Dakot have a Harley that I don't know about? Uh, I think he must. Um, and, <laughs> I don't know. You know, he rides around on a Harley. Uh, he's... He, uh, just breaking hearts all over the place. To the journey! He says, yeah, they want me to read. They're saying it's mine if I want it, but I don't want to do it. And she, like, jumps out of her chair and, like, shakes him. She's like, what? Are you kidding? This is Star Trek! Are you kidding? You would be made for life! Commentary, Trek stars. Yeah. I thought you were going to do a Brandon Braga voice. <laughs> It's uh, it's really hard to do a Brandon Braga voice. That's, that's pretty good. It's right gotta there. be, uh, you know, it's gotta be kind of quiet. Literary treks. Again, I was originally published as a scroll form, and then later as a codex book, and now both in print and electronic form in the 24th century. And this particular edition of it has an introduction and afterward and modern commentary by a 24th century Klingon novelist named Karatak. 
Continuing mission. Goal was to try to get as much Trek content into people's hands and to let people explore the Trek universe with their own spaceship and build their own crew in the way they want, customize and design and just, you know, to be in your own Star Trek world. And that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. Check out these shows and get in on the Daily Trek Talk. You'll find them on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, the Windows Podcast Directory for Xbox and Zune, or you can stream from the website. Just visit trek.fm slash pd for podcast directory to get all the links. And we received some great feedback this week with a picture from Michelle T., who is sending a message all the way from our very own To the Journeys. To the to Journey! The journey! Charlene's state of North Dakota. Uh, Michelle uh, wrote us um, that she's just started listening to Earl Grey, so we welcome her and thank her. Um, just a warning, the uniforms do change and one of us will die. Um, and she was Ooh. excited to, to learn that our very own 1UP Dan is an Ensign Rowe fan, just like her. Uh, Michelle actually shared a picture of us, or a picture of her. She shared with us um, of her cosplaying as Rolaren, and that was actually a pretty cool picture and pretty good. No, um, she did a really good life. job with that. Yeah, so she had the uniform. She even had the the hair braid thingy, <laughs> which I thought was the, the the actually the extra nice touch there. So, but she told us that she, uh, that our show helps her get through the workday, and is and she's not looking forward to the day that she catches up with us because then she'll have to wait for new episodes. So, Michelle, I like to think of you as the River Song fan of earl gray um you know you're listening to us out of order but we appreciate you listening and and hope that everyone else sends in your feedback and i just want to say welcome to the ensign row super fan club uh it's great to have you uh to with us me i guess i would say and uh you know keep cosplaying as as Ro because she is the greatest bajoran of all time oh i said it it's done <clears throat> and when you do catch up to uh, our current episode you know Ensign Rowe is not the only thing we're talking about here on Trek FM. Wait. There's some other shows <laughs> there you might have missed elsewhere on the network. There are, no, this isn't your turn to say that. <laughs> if you would like to contact us to share your thoughts on today's show, just go to trek.fm slash contact. From there, choose Send a Show and select Earl Grey. These messages will be emailed to the three of us. You can also use the tab on the right-hand side of any page on Trek.fm to send us a voicemail using your webcam's microphone. The conversation is always going on with our podcast crew and other listeners in our forums at Trek.fm slash forums. And finally, in social media, you'll find us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Trek.fm and on Twitter under username Trek.fm. You can also leave a rating on our iTunes page in order to help other listeners find our show. Before we go, we'd like to ask everyone to please support our sponsor, who helps bring us Earl Grey to you each week. And our sponsor for this show is Audible.com. Audible is a great way for you to read all the books you've always wanted to read, but never thought you'd have time for. Audible is the premier source for audiobooks, with more than 150,000 titles to choose from, and new titles coming every week. From classics to current bestsellers, and even some of the most famous Star Trek books like Imzadi, Federation, and Q Squared, Audible has something for everyone. As a Trek.fm listener, you can get a free audiobook of your choice along with a 30-day trial to see just how great Audible is. 
So give it a try today, catch up on all those classic Star Trek books you've yet to read, and that latest novel from your favorite author as well. Just go to audibletrial.com slash trekfm and sign up today. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash trekfm, and we thank Audible for supporting Earl Grey and trek.fm. And lastly, there's one more way you can directly help us keep Earl Grey coming to you each week, and that is by adopting some aliens. Well, illustrations anyway. If you go to trek.fm slash donate, you'll find eight original alien illustrations by Toba Ushi, who does most of the artwork you see on our website. They're available as both badges and art prints, and there are different contribution levels for you to choose from. Just let us know which you would like in which format. Again, you'll find them at trek.fm slash donate, and your support helps us pay for the cost of production, hosting, and bandwidth that's needed to bring the show to you each and every week. So, Daniel, if uh, folks want to find you on the internet and talk to you about why this is your favorite show and why you have that Pin Pals tattoo on your shoulder, where can they reach you? <laughs> I don't know who you're talking to, but if they wanted to find me, uh, Twitter would be the best place. Um, they could find me at 1updan, and that is the uh, number one, not the word. All right. And Darren, if people want advice about how they can wear some spandex too, uh, just like they do in season two, where can they reach you on the internet? Spandex? Where, where is this coming from? I tell you, I don't wear scans. I've never seen me in a scan. You can't confirm that I've worn a scan. Oh, oh, we're not. That wasn't, that wasn't the topic. Sorry. Uh, no, you can find me on Twitter under username Dr. Sci-Fi. That's D-R-S-C-I-F-I. And if you want to talk other general science fiction, this next month we're approaching B science fiction movies. And uh, my co-host Stephen and I, we're big MSG3K fans. If you like B movies, you're really going to like this month. So check us out at DrSciFi.com. I think you'll give them something to crow about. And if folks want to have a meeting in my quarters, you know, I I have a a, a little bit of... uh, uh, orders on on the table there but not enough we, chairs we, we can just have a little private discussion about pen pals prime directive whatever I, I warn you daniel does yell a lot though um you can reach me on twitter as well my handle is nc public servant that's nc like north carolina well guys i really want to keep this discussion going but i've had it up to here <laughs> <laughs> Is it audio podcast field? They can't see where you're gesturing. <laughs> so we will see you all next week. Make it so. Live long and prosper. Engage. Fire. 